Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best tired fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer your conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. You know, we've got a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week, available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget our website, wefishasa.com. And don't forget that we are recorded and produced by Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. Our executive producer is Brad Nearman. Thanks for everything, Brad. On today's show, we welcome Dan Johnston from St. Croix. We welcome Tom Goodridge from an organization called Fishing for Life. Great cause, great people, Fishing for Life. And I have the honor of interviewing the new Redcrest champion of Major League Fishing. He just won $300,000 in the most exciting tournament that was ever held. This is an unbelievable guy and an unbelievable story. He is Mr. Bobby Lane, but first let me flip it over to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on our friend, Dan Johnson. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and as always, this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. How are you? I am doing good. Uh, you know, we uh, you've been busy. You've been on the road. You were at the Classic. You're at Major League Fishing Redcrest. And we had just done a segment about changing conditions in the spring. And as the water starts to warm, gets warm, and the conditions, things that get bad sometimes, rising water, falling water, uh, debris in the water. Boy, we had a really good example of that for those that watched the Redcrest here uh, the last week. And, and uh, they had a fight that, didn't they? Perfect example of the prior podcast, Dave. I mean, it's almost like we scripted it up. You so, and I just came off Lake of the Ozarks myself a weekend prior, and I had a warming trend where it was fifty-six degrees, and the water was warming up in the seventies during the day in terms of air temperature, and just smoked the fish. And I got down to Grand Lake the next day, where it was to set up for the Red Crest event, and the water was. Um, hovering around 52, 51, 52, but then it went the other way with cold and rain and wind and dirty water and rising water. And it's just a lot of these things that make it very challenging. And, you know, it, it's funny because we've said a long time ago on a podcast, I remember saying it, it takes a lot to get fish up shallow, but once they're there, it's kind of hard to push them back. These fish and grand never quite quite made it to the bank they were close but they never quite did so when they got this cold weather and wind it became obvious when you have some of the best fishermen in the world struggling to catch them i mean they caught them but they'd have caught them way better if they hit a warming trend yeah another week would have done it a world of good just four or five degrees and stable water and stable temperature and boy they had a couple of real windy days and we had talked about that too that wind can uh, cause current and stir areas up and even get it muddier than than just the incoming rain but uh they had a lot of challenges there and these are the best guys in the world and and uh they did struggle, and many of the guys didn't make it to the top 10, but the top 10 that made it there were, were awesome and, and did a great job. And it was interesting to see that it was almost a, a contest of the guys using the forward-facing sonar versus the guys that were hitting hard structures on the banks and docks and things like that. 
I was just going to say that the forward-facing sonar is such a classic example of fish that are staging. These fish are in the middle of the creeks or they're off the bank suspended. And the forward-facing sonar is just so effective in that scenario. Really, it's the only way to really see them and identify them and throw them in real time. But you also had uh, people throwing flat sides and jigs, and, and that, that bite was evident as well. And, uh, you know, the last you saw Bobby Lane's, uh, the way he ended that thing, those were those were jig fish pretty shallow. I mean, he's fishing real shallow towards the very end of it. So, you know, I think it goes, but it, it, it kind of solidifies some of the things that um, a lot of us have been saying on these podcasts for quite a while, how it's such a moving target. You have to let the fish tell you what to do. And instead of just going fishing history or instead of saying, Hey, it's, you know, March 25th, therefore they should be here. It just doesn't work that way because there's so many intangibles. And one of the most difficult scenarios, and I was talking to the college kids that are practicing for the championship down there um, and uh, in Oklahoma, and they have it really tough because they're talking about really dirty water and cold water. The fish aren't on the bank. And I talking to some of those kids didn't get a bite in practice, you know, so it's a, uh, it's it's a challenge, but that's what makes it fun. You know, you need to try to cover a lot of water and try to establish something in a certain area. Yes, absolutely. But I, I thought it'd be good to hit on that a little bit since we had just talked about it uh, here in the last couple of weeks. And I thought, boy, that's it's perfect because you you could watch it if you wanted to on on their uh, their live transmission and see what these guys did. The you know the, some of the best guys in the world uh, and how they adapted to it and how they adapted to it. And many times it wasn't the first or second or third thing that they did, and it still didn't work. Yet it did work in different parts of the lake, like we talked about what warms quicker, northern northern bays uh, that kind of thing so they pulled out all the tricks to to catch fish there i think they made all of us better because you can watch it in real time go down and, and some of the guys were even admitting you know they're doing something here and then an hour later they're doing this and then they're doing this and i remember one of the guys i can't remember who it was made a comment that they were catching them in areas they hadn't fished all week only because the conditions dictated it and i think that is such an important point, Dave, and it goes right back to a topic we did a long time ago on spots versus patterns. And this comment he made was just exemplified the pattern theory, which I wholeheartedly believe in. I'd much rather have a pattern than spots. Absolutely. We, we've done a topic on that before. And this is when he said that it really, it really rung home. And hopefully a lot of people heard that. Yeah, you, you're right. We, you could have been made a much better if you paid attention and 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 watched this. And of course, uh, you were working there, and I was working here. But I did try to get in and and catch glimpses of it when I had the opportunity because it is an, a learning opportunity, and people need to see it as that. These people are making a living at the at fishing, and they are the best of the best. And you can watch them, and if you don't keep your eyes open and listen very closely to what they're saying, they you're getting an on the water seminar as it happens, as they're trying to win $300,000, and it doesn't get any better than that. Well, and the guys that missed the cut are walking around the show talking about them, what they were doing. So uh, that's even better. I mean, talk to a bunch of them. And, you know, they talk about their trials and challenges and opportunities, and you're walking around birds. And, you know, we made that point, too, a while back about attending these shows, because if you're that fly in the wall at the right place at the right time, you can become a better angler in a hurry listening to some of these guys talk. 
Yeah, and, and the, think of the guys that didn't make it, that were walking around the show and not fishing, the Kevin Van Dams, the Skeet Reese's. Right. Oh, my God. The, there was top-level guys. They're there, and they, it, was, it was awesome. So this was also a very important uh, release here for St. Croix. You, you showed the, uh, the Legend Tournament Bass Series, really uh, new designs, and, and they're wonderful, and I've got them in my store, and I, I, every one I pick up is awesome. Uh, you t- showed them at uh, the Bassmaster Classic, but here at uh, the Redcrest, people were able to buy those. Tell me a little bit about what the buzz was uh, from the public. A big buzz. It's got a wow factor when you pick it up. It's so light. It's lighter than its predecessor, and and not only were they available for sale at Redcrest, but all over the country is really the day it went on sale was March 25th, the first day of the Redcrest event. So it was just great for, you know, it, it's kind of like without further ado, and you pull the curtain back, and here you go. And for people to actually buy them was, was just awesome. Yeah, it, it, they're the techniques and the, uh, it seems to me that uh, it's not so much that these rods were made technique specific, but for a range of techniques and that you can do several different things with every one of those rods. Well, that's exactly right. And the names on Legend Tournament are a little more general than in the past with technique-specific rods. But you're absolutely right. There, you know, I was talking to a guy, for example, about the 6.8 MXF and how we throw a jerkbait on that. But it also is great for a little topwater and a little square bill and cover and light cover and things like that. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of crossover application to these rods, but boy, they are the real deal. They, they are, and I think uh, uh, the lightness uh, impressed me. And and even if you compare the weights of the rods, there's other rods that are lighter than that, but don't have the uh, the tip feel. They don't they don't feel balanced. The, the balance in the tip, and and what a home run St. Croix hit with these because I I just every one I pick up, I'm just like wow. You know, you're thinking of what application you would use it for. I don't care what it says on the rods. Many times I'll I'll say that's perfect for this technique or that technique the way I fish it and and uh, and I think everybody will will see that I, I I can't imagine ever remembering a rod that has the wow factor that this does um, uh, there and the color is awesome I just think the the whole redesign obviously a lot of thought we've talked about that before and many times it's several years going into these and I'm sure that one was. Well, what's funny is there's 24 models, and I have a nine. I have a list of nine must-haves, and I've been asked to do a couple, uh, one article, and then another uh, interview on, on on the top nine, at least in terms of my perspective. And they could talk to 20 other anglers, and they might have 12 or seven or whatever. But there's some of these in here that are just don't go home without it. I mean, really, they're going to be for a bass angler's arsenal, especially to your point, tip balance, feel, performance. I mean, I was fishing these things at close to you know months and months and months before they were on the market so kind of got a, a head start on that but they're they're just awesome yeah yeah and i think uh that warrants the uh the price range what are they 290 to 345 or 365 yeah. and, and uh but there's there's a range there and it, and it's about the same price as the old rod how you know it's i didn't see a whole lot of difference being a st croix dealer for for decades i didn't see a whole lot of difference in the old rod and the new rod in terms of price but in terms of of the quality of the the real seat the guides and everything else that's built into this rod it's like wow why isn't it more 
Well, I mean, that was fun to talking to people about just that. Cause a lot of people at Redcrest have the old legend tournament. They're like, man, not only is the blank brand new, but got, you know, the, the, the handle diameters specifically behind the, behind the reel on the big caster on the front of the reel on the spinning rod are just different. So it, it, it is not the same thing and the price isn't that much higher. So yeah, no, it's, it's all good. Redcrest was a great event, really fun to go to it and see it see the anglers uh battle through the adversities they battled through and man to have that thing come down like that watching on the big screen literally to the last minute was it was pretty awesome <laughs> it, it was and for those that didn't get to see it i'm sure you can go to the major league fishing website you can watch replays of much of it the qualifiers all of that there'll be uh television aired on it uh, in the future but but take a look at it and you'll you'll hear uh, you'll get to see the excitement that you're hearing from Dan and I in it, that it was it was a very educational uh, uh, event, and, and you can always learn a lot from all of these events at that, at that level. And uh, Dan, appreciate you being on, and uh, look forward to uh, next week. My pleasure, Dave. It's always a blast doing this. It is fun. Thank you. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. And I always like to say the guests I have on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. And uh, my next guest has a passion to get people involved in the outdoors. And, and we're going to hear a little bit uh, from him about events that they do. And his name is Tom Goodrich. He is the CEO of Fishing for Life. Welcome to the program, Tom. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. You got, uh, you've got a, a event that's coming up. You do many events, but give give us a little background on yourself and uh, why you started this. 
Okay. Well, believe it or not, I've always been circling around the fishing industry. I grew up in Brainerd, Minnesota, kind of the mecca, if you will. And I actually got a job with Ron and Al just sweeping up uh, in fishermen way back in the day. So this is the 1980 as a 16, 17-year-old. And um, I was just a, a, a boy fishing and um, kind of connected to Al and Ron and then uh, Linder. And in fishermen at the time, then I went in the army. And so I did 22 years in the military and I always wondered, where's my place in the fishing industry? I didn't quite know where it was going to end up. And then it kind of went past because, you know, those fishing tournaments is for the young. So when I finished off my military career, I was actually in Afghanistan and I just had a vision that I was going to get kids outdoors and and then it turned out to be vets as well, vets outdoors, because having come back from my last deployment, retiring from the military, I started Fishing for Life, found the name, uh, incorporated as a non-profit uh, Christian outdoor program, and we started out simple with just one-day lake events, and we've expanded to eight areas of programming now. I mean, eight, serving vets, mentorship, outdoor mentorship programs, our mobile trout ponds. We collect a thousand rods and reels every year and rebuild them. Three hundred tackle boxes. Uh, so that's our reel and then program. So we ended up. That's where I ended up in the fishing industry. I didn't know how, but you know, kind of the Lord brought it all around to. What I currently do is run Fishing for Life and the founders, and uh, it's been growing considerably. We have camps. You know, back in the day, the lenders had this thing called Camp Fish while I worked there as well. And so we kind of brought that full circle, too. And now we have oh, 14 summer camps that are fishing camps alone. Now those take up a lot of energy and time, which are so much fun, though, because we get these kids for a week at a time. And, wow, can we pour into them? And uh, then we do now, we've expanded year-round programs. We do muzzle load camp, pheasant camp, turkey camp, dark house spearing camp. So because of COVID, we spun into year-round programming. So that's kind of a, it in a nutshell. Yeah, and it's not just fishing for life, it's outdoors for life because of all the events that you're doing. And it's such a healthy environment for families and people to get into and uh, kids that are getting into introduced to it and also the the veterans that's uh, it's therapeutic for them there's so many good reasons to do this isn't there there is what we found is so we probably do 85 events a year and some of those events are a full week of camp you know so it's we are at a tremendous clip but what i found was you know uh, we minister as much to veterans who volunteer and men who volunteer and women who volunteer as much as we do to the kids. The simple idea of um, having a well-organized, uh, robust calendar like we do, it gives so many people opportunities to help, 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 help. Well, really, when you reach out and you do something volunteer-wise, you're really helping yourself. And that's kind of the secret sauce, I think. Uh, we So uh, we minister and help as much to the volunteer as we do to the kid or the vet on the ground, too. That's absolutely great. And uh, we'll give this again later, but fishingforlife.org is how they can find out information about events, how to contribute, how to participate. All of those things will be there. Fishingforlife.org, we will give that again. Uh, are you finding that you go to help people? Are you finding that as those people are, are um, healed or become better or get uh, the training they need or the education they need, that, that, you know, whether it's kids, veterans, 
Are you seeing a lot of these people come back to actually volunteer themselves? Yeah, and the beauty is, so we are coming up on a twenty-year twenty-year anniversary. So we've got kids that who grew up in our fishing camps that are now uh, business owners or volunteers. That, you know, and so yes, it, but more importantly, what I like to see is this kid or this vet is now a functioning part of society. And the truth is that if you said, if I had to profile my volunteer, it's a guy who's fifty-five retired tired, feels like I'm supposed to be doing something else. I got this nice boat, blah, blah, blah. So we give him a place. So, in, you know, I need to launch these, let's say, kids or vets into the world and into working. You know, you spend that first 30, 40 years working and you need to and, and or paying attention to your family. So more true, I, 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 say, I would say, um, I don't want to be a burden on their life we set them up for success with skills and the event and with kids or you know getting them stable if it's a vet and then they need to be attending to their job and their family i think that is what i'm finding and i'm very good with that if that makes sense to you it makes total sense and and it brings them around full circle and everybody you know you go through different stages of your life and this uh, opportunity to do this now we got a bi- your big events coming up here your major fundraiser i think april 9th um tell us a little bit about that and how people can participate yeah it's your traditional banquet but we do do it online as well and so that's our banquet it'll probably bring in maybe a order of our operating budget we have six employees you know camp director men's director uh, uh, admin person myself and all that consumes about well you know 300 300 to 400,000 a year they keep us uh, but we minister so many well this banquet again probably captures about a quarter of that and that's important to us and so the banquet is about 500 people up at North Heights Lutheran Church in, in the metro Minneapolis metro area but we are ready to launch our link and there is silent auction and live auction items that we make available to the general public at fishingforlife.org and you'll find an Al Linder guided trip that's something you can't get period you know and we have like Ron Shera he's a big minister of a lot of big names but some bigger auction items that you know hunts uh here and and trips there and stuff like that that are available to make proxy bids so people have uh, the ability to take a peek you just got to keep up with us at fishingforlife.org and you'll see the link once we're ready we're getting it all kind of polished up but that's the event we're welcome anybody who wants to attend and or visit us online yeah the the online is appealing because we are a nationwide program and there's people that 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 have watched the lender family forever and to go on a trip with l lender would be a, a truly a gift and and something uh well worth winning on on a bid and helping such a great cause for the amount of people that you get to help do you have a number as how many uh participants you get to reach out to uh with all your events over the course of a year yeah, we do. And we are really well run as an organization. So we measure and then we want to. But the, the one thing is it's broken down into so many different small numbers. There's volunteers that rebuild rods and rails well over 500 just in that springtime alone. Then there's kids camps. We do about 220 kids through our fishing camp every year. And um, those we go deep with because we got many days with the kids. And then we've got the one day lake events that... Uh, 
um, we serve about 500 kids through our one day lake events uh, throughout uh, that's multiple events and then we have you know our trout ponds we get these mobile trout ponds that we set up in the middle of winter or at a sports show or something and then we see uh, thousands of kids so it, you know we have this wide wide net but we also kind of like to go deep where we pick off a kid for instance might see us at a trump on at a sports show come visit a lake event end up at a fishing camp two three years down the road where we get to go deep with the kid teaching them skills and we really want to build well-rounded individuals so we are a christian organization we want to get them in touch with this creator and uh, that's important we've had all the lenders on this program over the course of the seven years uh, that we're entering coming up here in june but the uh, and uh, what what a gift he was to the industry and everything that was developed because of the uh, mm-hmm. Being in northern Illinois in the Chicago area, definitely a history there. From uh, There's so many great anglers that have come from here, and uh, the lenders are at the top of that list for being uh, innovative and, and creating a, a lot of room for other people in the industry, obviously including you and, and the great things that you're, you're able to do. So that event, uh, April 9th, that'll be coming up here. Uh, 4 to 9 is when the live auction is going to take place, or will that information just uh, be available at fishingforlife.org? Or? Yep, it would be available at uh, fishingforlife.org. Everything you need is on that website. I want to shout out to your sponsor, Calcutta, too. They had sponsored uh, through the Jeff Kolodzinski Marathon Man we do in the fall, uh, one of our camps. So we get to get one full camp. They stood up, and it's like, wow, what a gift that was. So shout out to your sponsor, Calcutta, on behalf of Fishing for Life, too. Oh, but we appreciate that, and I know they do. They do many good things for the uh, for the industry with their foundation end of of the uh of the uh, business that they do and and it, it is good and and there's so many people that can contribute and you know whether you want to participate or whether you want to uh you know uh donate or, or help this organization out uh, fishingforlife.org is the place to go and uh looking forward to par- uh taking a look at that auction and see if there's anything that i'd i'd like to bid on i'm, I'm going to encourage all the listeners to do the same and if not you know check out the schedule and see if there's an event coming close to you you may know uh, a veteran or uh, or uh, a child that needs uh, some mentoring as far as uh, learning how to fish and then learning to grow into a, a phenomenal citizen in this country and uh, definitely appreciate your time tom and um, hopefully you'll have a great event you know, one more quick thing for your audience, and we have forever been, we're now closing in on 20 years, and we're pretty big in Minnesota. We've been toying with, how do we scale this? Because I've had people reach out, and uh, how do I do a Fishing for Life chapter or whatever uh, in it where I'm at? And since you have a nationwide audience, I want to tell the people, um, you could connect with us, and uh, we now are going to launch something at our 20th year. We finally figured out how to possibly do that. So if you have a desire and need Need some leadership guidance and uh, some instructional how to how we can get this in your state we are kind of just close to doing that so for those who want to help you know and have uh, the capacity to build a small fishing for life in their area we can kind of teach you how to do that that is excellent and go to fishingforlife.org and you can find out all the information uh, thanks again tom for being with us and um, hopefully you have a great event 
Okay, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Oh, goodbye. That was Tom Goodridge. He is CEO of Fishing for Life. I am Dave Kranz. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I am Steve Surly. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. Doesn't get much better than this, folks. Uh, less than 48 hours ago, our next guest won $300,000 and is the Red Crest champion. Won the top prize that Major League Fishing has to offer. I am proud to welcome the one and only Bobby Lane. Hey, Bobby Lane, how you doing? I am all smiles, man. This wonderful. Couldn't be any better. Now, this is this is pretty close time-wise to when you actually got handed the trophy, but I imagine you've done a number of interviews. I, I would probably be totally wrong by not saying, how does it feel to have won the Red Crest? Oh, man, it's like all those little emojis and... <laughs> Little haunting, haunting things all over my my brain, and you know whatever had gone on over the years, man. It's I've been so close so many times, so many major events. I've been in the top ten before, and to finally see seal the deal, you know, you can forget about the fish you lost. You can forget about the four fish you weighed in one day, or the the one you lost that cost you the title to something else. All that can be erased because now Bobby Lane can. Is the Red Crest champion? I mean, what a phenomenal ending it was, and the the way and style that the major league format was set up for this to happen. It was uh, truly an awesome finish, and I am so glad, humble, and honored to be the champion. Yeah, and and, and you are a humble man. We'll we'll talk about that as we go on. But uh, honest to goodness, I I you know you've been around a long time. I have never seen a finish like this. 
They could not have scripted this in Hollywood any better, any more exciting than you winning this thing. You know, I say, uh, Bobby Lane won the Red Crest in the last minute. I'm not exaggerating. It was the last minute. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better, you know. I mean, I catch a 6-3 on the final day of the Red Crest Championship. I mean, good Lord. It just, it's like it was meant to be. That fish gave me the extra little momentum swing that I needed to to get my mindset to, uh, and if you listen to the camera and the take back on the, the live stream, I said, I know where the winning fish are. I just got to make myself do it. And I did. I stuck with my game plan. Two minutes and 30 seconds to go. I weigh a fish that's 115 and on, and I knew that fish was two pounds. I mean, it looked like it was a two, 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 three, to be honest. And when I weighed it the third time, final way, she hit two, one, and then locked in at two pounds even. It was, uh, you know, God willing and a little luck. I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week. And um, that fish there, I want the scale, and I'm going to mount a two-pounder, and the scale's <laughs> going to say two pounds even on it, and I'm going to mount that right over the trophy when I get when I get around to doing that. This is uh, this is absolutely amazing, and and just to explain some of the nuts and bolts to the people listening, uh, Major League Fishing fish got to be two pounds. Uh, in order to qualify to be weighed for your total. Uh, 115 wasn't going to cut it. You needed two pounds. Now, you are Bobby Lane, who is known as Big Fish Bobby Lane, and it's it's pretty funny that Big Fish Bobby Lane just won $300,000 in the <laughs> World Championship on a two-pound fish. That ain't right, man. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I mean, the whole week was just truly special. I was grateful to have my family there. You know, catching that 6-3 was awesome, but the, catching a two-pounder was even just, just a bit sweet. I mean, the whole Tulsa and Grand Lake was fishing so good. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how good that lake was fishing at this time of the year. We hit it absolutely perfect. The big fish were where they needed to be in the first couple of days. And then on the final day, that kind of adjustment and go shallow and be in the creek that was the clearest and warming up the most. I mean, all the, you know, the recipe was gold at the end of the tunnel there. It, it worked out so perfect. I mean, 15 pound, 100% fluorocarbon, Berkeley, 100% fluorocarbon and land a, a 6-3 twist two cables. I'll never forget that moment. But then to seal the deal at the end and, um, you know, to have my family there uh, was just awesome. Bobby Jr.'s as big as me now, and that was some of the most comments I got is how big my son was getting. My daughter turns 18 on on Friday, so we'll be home for her birthday party. But, um, you know, it's just a great, great – it was a great week for the Lanes. Uh, great, great venue and set up Red Crest for Major League Fishing, and I'm so honored and humbled to be the champion. I really am. Right. It's, uh it's been a long, long time coming, and I can finally say, you know, finally we won a major. Excellent. You know, I go, I go back to to weighing that fish, weighing that two pound fish. the The major league fishing rule is you can weigh the fish three times. You weighed it once, one fifteen. You weighed it twice, one fifteen. The third time, you the 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 marshal put it on the scale, two point oh, and. You know, kudos to Major League Fishing because the cameraman got the 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 face of that scale 
in the picture really good every time. I mean, everybody saw it before it was announced. That 2.0 popped up. Man, that was that was exciting. But have you ever have you ever had the weigh a fish three times? Absolutely. I've weighed, you know, that's the rule in major league fishing. It is a rule. You're allowed three reways. You can weigh once, twice, and then the third time. After that, if the fish does not meet the mark of whatever the desired cut weight is of that day, you have to release that fish immediately. And if it does make it, you release it immediately anyways. And um, I've had it go backwards. I've weighed where one went to two pounds and 115 and then two pounds and 115. And I weigh it the third time and it goes to 114, you know, yeah, or, yeah, or vice versa. I, uh, I haven't had too many go my way, but um, this one did. I said, Bobby, that fish is going to weigh two pounds, but make sure you weigh it that third time. And I left it in his hands, and and we owe him all the glory because I'm nowhere without him. But wow, what a what a week! I'm I'm still reliving it. I'm all smiles. Me and my son are actually uh, going over uh, the Ohio River right now, uh, crossing from Arkansas and. Uh, Tennessee or whatever it is, I don't even know where we're at, and I don't really care because I've been on the phone the whole entire time. <laughs> I'm so glad to be doing these interviews, and I and I uh, get to defend my title in 2023. So my slow start to the Bass Pro Tour is kind of it just got erased because I'll have a have an automatic berth into the Red Crest in 2023. So excellent! I'm excited about that for sure, and I needed a little pep in my step, and uh, this was. This wasn't just a pep. This was a flat. Somebody drop kick you and tell you you're you uh you, you did it, man. You hey, you are the champ, Bobby Lane. You mentioned your family, and I must say that you have a, a wonderful wife and a beautiful family. It's a great thing. Fishing is a family sport, and the beauty of watching the championship ceremony and and accentuating the fact that this is a family sport was that they called your brother Chris Lane up to join you on the stage. And, and he looked about as happy as you were. I don't think there was an angler upset. I got more, I had over 500 text messages in a day and a half. And most of them was said, most of them were you earned it or well-deserved. Like I had put my time in. I'm a, I, 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 Feel like I'm one of the respected guys on the tour for sure, or have been respected over the years, and all that goes kudos to my parents for the upbringing. You know, they raised us right, they taught us with respect, and that's how I want to be treated. And uh, I felt I felt exactly what you just said. Every single angler, even Luke Clawson commented on his Bassmaster Classic win years ago, um, how how Bobby deserved this and helping me win the Bassmaster Classic years ago. It was. Uh, it was just awesome. Every every angler was congratulating, and um, you know I would do the same for them in, in in their position. But it's nice to be congratulated finally um, as the Red Crest champion. Yeah, and, and you know what? Uh, I don't know if people believe it because in, in athletics, you'll always there's always a, a flood of guys that are good sports that congratulate the winner and say he deserved it. And, and they don't say, I, I'm mad that I lost it or anything. They're, they're very congratulatory. But you winning this thing was sincere. And I asked you right afterwards at the press conference how it felt to have the respect and admiration of your peers because I was watching it in the press room on the big screen TV, 
And I was sitting at a table, and, and no less than 10 feet away, uh, Kevin Van Dam was sitting there with his wife, Sherry. And we're all watching this thing. And when that 2.0 uh, popped up on that scale, Van Dam jumped up out of his chair, and he started pumping his fish in the air going, yes, yes. And I said, you know what? He's really sincerely happy for him. He's not putting on a show. You could tell that that just struck his heart. How excited he was for you, and uh, I, I wish I would have had it on video because I know it would have meant a lot to you to see that, but I think everybody that was watching that who had been eliminated from the field in the day or two prior felt the same way. They were dang happy for uh, Mr. Bobby Lane. Well, I couldn't be more happy. I'm grateful to be on this call with you. I thank you for all the kind words for sure. I uh I am going to relish in this moment forever because they can never take it away. Um, and it's, it, it, it really is. I uh, mean, my son and get to spend the, you know, like I said, we left, we left last Thursday and now me and him have been on the road for a while and we're heading back to Florida now before we return, you know, in about a week over to heavy hitters in Palestine. And, um, you know, it was, uh, just, it, it was a week, to remember forever and, and and to have my family there with me was so cool. Um, the, the venue, like I said, everything about the whole week was awesome. The fans, everybody that tuned in, everybody that had to watch, I hope they got to feel the same way that we're, our voices are explaining this, the excitement. You know, it's like the masters of golf, the yeah, Super Bowl of football. This for was sure. The, the red crest of bass fishing and to have it in the way it did. Couldn't have been any more sweeter. There was no runaway with this. It was a battle all the way to the end, and that's the way I knew it was going to come down to. I actually mentioned that on camera, that we've got a war. You could not ask for a better top ten. I mean, they were stacked with the number one angler in the world to some of the hottest anglers in the world. And to, to overcome them all, man, was was awesome. And I'm uh, like I said, I'll, I'll never get tired of saying it, but I am humbled and honored to be the, the Red Crest champ. Hats off to Major League Fishing. Boy, I'll tell you, that is one first-class organization. This whole weekend, uh, from the tournament to the expo, everything they did was just phenomenal. And the thing that totally blew me away was at the, at the dinner on Friday night, they brought up the Angler of the Year, Jacob Wheeler, and the Angler of the Year is a, is a title prize. You know, it, it, it's something to put on your uh, mantle that you're the Angler of the Year, but didn't mean much more. And all of a sudden, they're handing Jacob Wheeler a, uh, a ring that looks like a Super Bowl ring, Angler of the Year ring, and then a check for $100,000. My goodness, and that's not enough. Then they bring up uh, Jordan Lee and Edwin Evers, who were the Anglers of the Year the last two years, and said, we didn't get you guys nothing the last two years. Here, have one of these Super Bowl rings that say, diamond rings that say Angler of the Year on it. And, oh, by the way, here's a check for $50,000. Have a nice day. And those guys look like, oh, my God, they were totally blown away. They weren't expecting to get that. What, what class of Major League Fishing to do that for everybody? I tell you what, man, you're 100% right. Kudos to Major League Fishing and Jim Wilburn and the crew there. How many times have you ever seen an organization come back from two years ago, from last year, the prior year, and actually offer 
the angler a fifty thousand dollar check with the ring. I mean, and to do it in front of all the sponsors at the at the champions or the the uh, the gifting suite there for the dinner for the anglers. I mean, that was just phenomenal. That that's that's saying that we're in good hands. It's saying that you know Major League is the word. We're we're looking sharp, and um, you know that was the that was the right thing to do. There was there was. Uh, you know, some grief behind all of that because of Angler of the Year, but for them to do that with the Valley Bet Angler of the Year was really, really um, off the charts. That that was handled very properly and very professional, and, um, you know, I'm very proud of the league for doing that. I agree, and I need to take a real quick break. Let our sponsors have a word. When we come back, we'll talk more about your sponsors. We'll talk about... Uh, Big Fish Bobby Lane, who won the most exciting tournament I've ever had the pleasure of seeing, the uh, 2002 Red Crest Championship of Major League Fishing. Bobby Lane, Steve Sarley, we'll be right back. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com overboard. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. We Fish ASA is back. I am Steve Sarley. My partner, Dave Kranz, is remote. Uh, somebody who is not remote is the guy I'm on the line with right now. Man, oh man, there's no better fisherman going, no better guy. This is a good human being, let me tell you. He is from Florida. He is Mr. Bobby Lane. Hey, Bobby Lane, uh, and, and you you are a good guy. I can't say enough about you. And as Redcrest champion, you, you will be a great ambassador for Major League Fishing. And by having the uh, championship trophy, that puts extra emphasis on the fact that uh, you are an incredible ambassador for Major League Fishing and the sport of fishing. Do you feel pressure? now moving forward that you've won this thing i feel like the pressure's been taken off it, it, it's it's been a lot of pressure build up for 15 years now uh, between bassmaster classics and red crests and world championships and 
finally to take the edge off. The pressure is actually relieved. I can forget about all the misses and, and miscues over the years and, and realize that uh, I got what it takes to win, and it actually makes me hungrier, and it puts more pressure on me. Okay, that that. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. Earlier, you you had, you had mentioned fluorocarbon. I was using a hundred percent Berkeley twelve pound fluorocarbon on my Swiss Dodge five, and I was uh, when I was using my jig, I had fifteen Berkeley hundred percent fluorocarbon on that fifteen pound test. And, and you you use fluorocarbon. You spool up exclusively with fluorocarbon. You're not just tipping your line with fluorocarbon. Nope, I'm using straight 100%, Berkeley 100% fluorocarbon all the way. I, I use a 50-pound Durabrade for backing, and then I put the 12 and 15-pound line right back, right on top of the backing. Okay, excellent. Very, very good. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about this, and and you know everybody's got an opinion on stuff, and and the the, the new the revolution in sonar and electronics is is talked about a lot. And I heard people saying it's good to see somebody who is not a electronics magician, an electronics wizard, just go out and fish and catch fish uh, and not be 100% reliant on electronics. Is that fair to, to categorize you like that? Uh, for this tournament... Almost, you know, I did catch a few on my active target. Uh, I didn't actually see the fish, but I could see the brush piles out in front of me on some of those bluff walls that I was cranking. But um, yeah, you know, it was actually I got that comment a lot about Bobby. It was nice to see you talk to the camera and everybody else when you talk to them. They were staring at their graph. So uh, you know, it sonar has come a long way, and the ramps is the ultimate fishing machine for sure. And, uh, and I couldn't have done it without them. But um, most of my fish were caught, 99% of them. D um, I strictly running 2D sonar in my uh, CMAS. And I, what, what sonar are you running? I run Lowrance. You run Lowrance. That's the other thing that yep. that's the other thing that amazes me. So many of you guys don't have a, a sonar sponsor because you the, the guys use two brands or three brands because they like the differences in pictures and now you're talking about staring at the sonar I, I can't imagine what that would be like trying to follow three different screens at the same time yeah well I don't have to worry about it man Lorance has the ultimate fishing system and my boat is completely tricked out with all Lorance products I got 412s and uh, the active target, the ghost trolling motor, and everything, uh, you know, integrated together so I can run everything off my graphs. My powerful charge and everything is, is tweaked out with the Sonic Hub. I can jam out the music if I want. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't need all of that. And it, it, I, it is nice to see a, an angler win a tournament. Um, not saying forward facing sonar, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And we've seen the domination of that for sure. And, I'm with the brand that has the best, but um, this one was one on the bank, and uh, it was good to see and brings back some life to guys that love to beat the bank for sure. You know what? I tell you, 
if I if I have a complaint about this whole issue, it's listening to people who say, with the uh, with the evolution of forward facing sonar, it's made it too easy to catch fish and win tournaments. Uh, first of all, I don't think it's ever too easy. It will never be too easy. But you you definitely put the period at the end of the sentence on this and saying, man, you got to have forward-facing sonar and, and, and put all your faith in that in order to win something. Uh, it, it's nice to see that being a great fisherman is what counts. Important. Yeah, you got to keep an open mind, man. That's what I did. I, uh, I fished hard. I mean, I caught 99% of them on that Fritz side five. They make it that, that weight trans, that weighted, that, you know, that weighted, Side five, you can throw it into the wind, and we were dealt with that all week. It makes it makes it honestly so easy to throw up uh, tight tight crankbait and maybe make the best. The way tape the put the Fritz side is just phenomenal. And then to put it all together at the end, the water temp was warming, and that bite was starting to go away just a little bit, and to to move shallow and and pluck them apart like that, it, it meant the world to me. It, it uh, was the best decision I could have made at the time, and and I was rewarded for it. It was uh, just phenomenal. Tell me about, you, you had a situation where before the tournament, they dropped the water three feet uh, very quickly in a short amount of time, which I know affects the fish. And then you're in a weather situation where it got warmer every day and it got substantially warmer. Uh, did the dropping of the water and did the changing of the temperature uh, do uh, make changes to the way the fish behaved? Yeah, you know, I never knew, I never had an, a clue that the, all the rain we got the last day of practice and the night before our off day. I mean, when I mean it rained, it rained and it rained. And it took that water two to three days for that lake to rise. And I had no idea that was coming, but... The, the, the drowning creek where I ended up catching them, you're 100% right. It's, it stayed clean. A lot of the other creeks got dirty, but that one stayed clear. It has a little spring in the back, and um, those that water warmed up in the second and third period of every single day I fished back there, and it was like they would just start turning on. And when you were there, they started biting, and they were good ones. You know, I mean, I caught, some, I caught a six-pounder. I caught a five-pounder the first day. And, quite a few heavy threes and fours back there and it was never the first thing in the morning it always started later in the second and the third period and i was very grateful that the water came up and uh you know it warmed up enough and those fish started to migrate that was what it was you know their spring we approached spring a few uh days ago and those fish felt the same thing bobby lane felt it, it's time to go <laughs> shallow water's up we are going to take a swim to the bank Excellent. Yeah, you, you sure you sure figured that out. It, it, it was it's so funny, and it, it's what makes fishing as difficult as it is. You talk about it warming up during the day. Uh, I, I always follow a good friend Edwin Evers, who was having a phenomenal tournament, and uh, he's leading early on the last day, and he didn't catch another fish after ten forty nine in the morning. He was he zeroed after ten forty nine. It wasn't supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be at ten forty. 49 in the morning you start catching them so you can never say anything is a sure thing i tell you man this fishing is a crazy thing that's why they call it fishing not catching but i think honestly what happened is exactly um 
the way that I fish, all those guys that were jerking and forward-facing sonar and catching them on those brush piles and channel swings and over their uh, humps, all those guys, if you watched as the day went on, the camera speaks for itself. Those guys started to struggle. We watched Brian Thrift and, and Edwin Evers. They they took a big early lead, and then they kind of went to nothing. And uh, what was going on is those fish were tired of being out there. They knew the, the longer days are here, spring is in the air, and they felt the te- that it was time to move. And, you know, lucky for me, I was the one that moved in the right direction in the third period to post the – the winning weight of the, uh, you know, I think I almost caught 20 pounds in the in the last hour and a half of the third period. So, you know, that being said alone, I, I made the right decision at the very right time. And had it stayed cold, hands down, I got a feeling, you know, it was probably going to get one on the Fritz side or, or a jerk bait. But uh, with it warming up, it set them up to where I needed to be. And it actually took away from the guys that were riding that same pattern the whole week long. And, and you know, what a great lesson this is for the average weekend fisherman who's listening. Because, uh, you know, you think that you think that the pattern is going to change over time, especially in spring and fall with the change of the weather. But it isn't like, well, next week they're going to be here. These things can move big time in an hour. You know, it's really quick. And I think a lot of people get hung up on something because they don't think that it can change that fast. That water temp would start out at 50 degrees in the morning, and at the end of the second period, on the knockout round and the final day, the water temp got up to 53, 54 degrees, which is only a two and a half hour period. And that little bit of time, those fish went from being 100% in their full winter pre-spawn pattern to moving up to get free to within 30 you know, uh, it was so, so cool to be there, living the moment. I can't. I've watched it several times, and I'm going to watch it a hundred more times as I go through it. But you know, my my voice stayed positive. I I said several times that you know I I know what it's going to take to win. I know how to win, and me keeping my positive attitude and not giving up at all, and not going back and reelecting on what had already happened. Staying focused on the moment, and what's in front of you. Um, I can say all that now because I won, and I'm so glad to be able to say it. But those fish moved to a foot or foot to foot and a half of water within 30 minutes, and I was there to pluck them off and weigh them on the scale and release them right back where they came from and head back in that limo. And I felt like a rock star getting out of that thing. With the, it was like the paparazzi was standing there in front of me, and hundreds of cameras. It was uh, it was a, honestly the best moment for the Lane family. Um, and, and what an awesome deal to have my brother and I, his I, wife there. I always I always try to ask a question that nobody else has asked, and I'll say this, I'll ask you this: How's it feel to to be getting driven in a limo at over a hundred miles an hour? I tell you what, they uh, they kind of screwed up because that is an absolute must from here on out. It was the most <laughs> relaxing, enjoyable police escort that I've ever been on. The limo was super comfortable with drinks and snacks and food all packed down in it after a hard day of fishing you got to cruise at 100 miles an hour in a limo and to come out of that door into the crowd that i walked into was 
absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I'm, th- I'm thinking you got all the adrenaline of fishing and winning in the tournament, and then you got to go 100 miles an hour for over an hour that the adrenaline just didn't stop. It just kept flowing. Well, the nice thing was is I had the top five that were in the limo with me. It was me, uh, Andy Montgomery, Luke Clawson, Jacob Wheeler, and Dustin Connell. So we, we all got to talk about our day in there. But they really need to put a small porta john in there <laughs> we try to uh, we try to uh, get our you know water back in us. We try to replenish our system yeah. while we're after we get off the water and we're done fishing. We don't eat and drink right. We dehydrate ourselves almost, and then you replenish it with body armor and water and pickles and stuff like that, and. Then, 30 minutes into the limo ride, you're like, oh, my God, here we go. And you got to wait another 30 minutes. But, uh, you know, that's an easy fix. We can figure something out for that. But that limo is a must. It was the... That was a coup de gras of all all rides I've ever been on at a major major championship like that. I want I want to thank I want to thank you for doing this with me, folks. You just had a chance to listen to a, a champion who just scored a three hundred thousand dollar victory at the 20, uh, 20, 2022 Red Crest Championship of Major League Fishing. One of the nicest guys in the business. I didn't even get to ask him, won't, but you grew up. Your dad's nickname for you was uh, was Bobby Humble, and you certainly are humble. You're certainly a great guy. You're a great guy. You're a great ambassador for the sport. Bobby Lane, congratulations on your championship. I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank everyone for listening, and I hope we get to do this again soon. Excellent, Bobby Lane. God bless. Yes, sir. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guests, Dan Johnston from St. Croix, Tom Goodrich from Fishing for Life. What a great group that is. Bobby Lane, yeah. Bobby Humble, this guy is good. Great, great ambassador for the sport. Redfish champion of Major League Fishing for 2022, Mr. Bobby Lane. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered, Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our podcast every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts, and don't forget to check us out at our website, wefishasa.com. We answer all our mail, so feel free to contact us through the website. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner's Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week. Now, let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.